What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Sixers Standard Podcast. We got a lot of news to dive into today. The Sixers beat the Jazz, who have the best record in the NBA. They beat them with a shocking, I don't even know how they beat them. Like, it went to OT, Joel Embiid hit the game, a game-tying free. And then P.J. Tucker, we got some trade rumors there. He might be coming to the Sixers. Dale Moore might be... Maybe a little reunion with P.J. Tucker. And then Blake Griffin gets dropped or released by the Detroit Pistons. And the Brooklyn Nets are suspected to give, get him. I am Noah Moswitz, joined with Ethan Koppelman today. Ethan, how are you doing? Yes, I am joined by you today. But uh, it's not like we're together every single podcast we do here. But thanks for having me as a special guest. We'll just call it today. Yeah. So, uh, you want to start with uh, the Jazz game? Yeah. Like, uh, and B, oh my God, you have 40 and 19. That is just an insane stat line. He was just dominating throughout the whole entire game. Tobias, he didn't do much until overtime. Overtime, he just took over the game. He had, I believe, he had 19 points, if I'm not mistaken. And then Ben Simmons, he was kind of like in the shadows a little bit. He wasn't, doing, he wasn't anything too special, but he had a solid like 17 or 18 points. But he played some clutch defense on Donovan Mitchell in the end. And uh, it was a good team win, even though the Jazz should have won that game. And I think what really happened is you saw at the end, you really got the Jazz pissed off as a team right now. They're looking like a mess, you know, not record-wise, but Mitchell and Gobert really pissed. They just got drafted last in the draft. The Sixers are really throwing them for a spin here. So I think that can be something to note. And as we look at the box score here, of course, Seth Curry had a good game. He hit that three to make it a two-point game in the fourth. Shake uh, Milton at 12, a good game from him. Dwight Howard, a great game, 12. Furkan Korkmaz, eight. You really had everybody pitching in except for uh, Danny Bricks uh, himself. But, yeah, and then in overtime, it, we outscored him. 13 to 5, so just a really good win at the end. Yeah, that was a. It's good to beat the best, the best record in the NBA. That was a big win, and we're still in first place, and it's the end of the first half of the season. We are only by a half a game. I have a feeling that will disappear the first chance it can. I think the Brooklyn Nets are on the up, and we're going to talk about uh, a new acquisition I think they're making later in the podcast. But yeah, so after we so so since we did the main description of the game, I do want to go through takeaways. So if you want to start, Noah, if you have any takeaways from this game, yeah, um, my probably I think we have I think our three point shot at the beginning of the game was awful, like absolutely horrendous. Like we shot like twenty one percent, like at like the beginning of the game in the Jazz, um, they shot like fifty percent. We just got to do a better job, like, going that three-point line. And we want them to take – we don't want them to take threes because, like, they're a very good three-point shooting team, the Jazz. We want them to mainly take twos because we also have Embiid down in the interior who's going to, like, rim protecting and all that. And I, I don't like the – we gave them way too many threes. And I think we need – our shooters need to do a lot better job of hitting those frees. And then secondly, I think our 
our defense was a little, little off. Like, as I mentioned, on the perimeter, I think it was just off. Like, Simmons didn't have the best defensive game. But I would give him credit because even though Mitchell had 34 points, he shot such a shitty field goal. Like, he, he took, like, 34 shots. Like, 34 shots in total. And he made, like, 12 of them. And he had 34 points. So, that... I'll give props to Simmons there for keeping Mitchell at low field goal. Yeah, I think the three-point shooting is right on, as a legend once said, a.k.a. Mark Zumoff. It's not good math when you're going, you know, three for two. So, uh, I mean, what I what I notice is you leave uh, Bojan wide, wide open for three, and it's kind of like you, you notice that they're trying to bet, like, hey, he's going to miss it at some point, right? But he just doesn't. You can't leave guys like that open. If you leave them open, there's a fifth like that. There's a fifty percent chance they're going to make that fifty percent chance making threes. There's no way you win that game. Of course they did uh, somehow, but it, that's just not a winning formula, right? So I think the offense came through more than it usually will today. You see everybody contributing really uh, from the team. You have you know Tobias twenty two, Joel forty, Ben seventeen, Seth fourteen, you know Shake twelve, Dwight twelve, Furkan eight, right? That's a lot of scoring from guys that you don't always expect to score that much. But uh, I think the defense does have to be better. That's something to look out for. Yeah. And you notice this game, they silenced Jordan Clarkson, right? It, it, it yeah. wasn't really, you know, you, you have it a little bit of Mitchell, but it wasn't really, a lot of it was the smaller guys. You know, it was Bojan, and it was Conley, and it was Ingles. You know, they had 16, 18, and 18. So, while Mitchell had 33, we silenced him a good amount, so it really forced them to go to their other options. Yeah, that's just what uh, the kind of defender Ben Simmons is, is that even though Mitchell had 33 points, he shot such a horrendous field goal, and he was forced to take a lot of shots for uh, the Jets to be in there, but they had to go to other options like Conley, Engels, and Bogdanovich, as you mentioned. And we just didn't do a good job defending either of those three guys. But we did do a good job defending uh, Jordan Clarkson. I think I'll yep. give props to, I believe that was Matisse Feibel guarding him, his primary defender. So I'll give props to Matisse on that. Oh, six biscuits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Six biscuits. My bad. Biscuits. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you silence Clarkson. And another thing I would like to point out. What happens if you take Jordan Clarkson or Donovan Mitchell off this team? So take off the team. Right? Let's say you take Jordan Clarkson off the team. Donovan Mitchell plays. What happens if Donovan Mitchell's hurt? What happens if he's having an off night? There's no other perimeter threats. There's no one that can handle. Oh, ne- never mind. There's Mike Conley. That was a bad take. But well, Mike Conley is good. Yeah, I. Th- I mean, yeah, Mike, Mike Conley is good. I, th- I think that when you silence one of their guys, you know it it really worked last night because you made Mitchell take the shots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yeah. Clarkson was silenced and Mitchell's their number one option. Like offensively, it's a very communal offense, right? So you have a lot of guys that pitch in a little, but really other than that, it's it's a one-man show with Mitchell. Gobert is not giving you anything on offense. It's just put back dunks. So yeah. I think with uh, when you look out for that, Right, if Donovan Mitchell gets hurt, this team is still good in some ways because they'll have a lot of their communal scoring guys. 
and they don't have to rely on that. But at the same time, they don't have a go-to guy other than Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I will agree. Right. If you if you take Joel and beat out of the equation, Ben Simmons can kind of can kind of score, and Tobias Harris can kind of score as well. So right, if you take Donovan Mitchell out of there, I guess yeah. Mike Conley becomes the main scorer. That that's kind of weak. Yeah, but Mike Conley is a good player. So I mean, he was a good player. I'm not sure how good he is anymore. I think he's having a better season, but he's still not the best. He's probably very comparable to like uh, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. But overall, I think it was uh, a good game, even if you really lost that game. I think it was a good effort by the team, and it didn't really look like they were sleepwalking. Anything else to add before we go on to some trade rumors? Uh, no. I think it was a good win, and kudos to the Sixers. We're number one so far, but probably not for long, but it's good to be number one. Yes, sir. So... You want to talk about Blake Griffin first? Uh, yeah, we'll get the best to last. Okay, that's it. So we'll make the listeners listen longer. So that's a great plan. Okay, so we'll talk about Blake Griffin first. Uh, so the Pistons agreed to a buyout with Blake Griffin. I don't know if the details are out on how much he's going to receive, right? Because usually there's like a penalty for that or whatever they call it. So here, I'm going to go to the ESPN article now. This is this is written by Woj. Yeah. Reliable. So a bio means they pay him something in order to, you know, get him out of there. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think the bio details are out. I think they'll probably give him like two million. Of course, the reasons the team would do it, why the fuck would they want Blake Griffin? The reasons Blake would do it, why would he, why the fuck would he want to play for the Pistons? One and uh two, like he gets money, right? And and he gets to go somewhere else. Yeah. So I think it's a mutual thing for both sides. I don't want him here, and I don't think he's going to come here, which is good. If Blake Griffin comes here, yeah. we have the entire vibes. Uh, you know, he's going to get a lot of money and just, just you know, he, yeah. we don't. No, he's not coming here. No. Okay. But that's good. He's horrible, yeah, no low way. energy, like very lame, you know, low energy player. Yeah. That's there's awesome. no way he's coming here. Well, Literally that's... no way. But he is very highly likely to go to the Brooklyn Nets. And I can read you this from Shams that came out earlier. This is from Shams Tarania. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets are believed to be the leaders to sign a six-time All-Star Blake Griffin, sources tell me, and J.L. Edwards III. Rival teams with interest are expected are expecting Griffin to choose the Nets as a title favorite for a, ch- for a chance to win a championship. So, you know, I think Shams' insight, you know, if you don't want to uh, trust Jeff Passan, you know, you know, because, you know, he's not been reporting well for the MLB. All those yeah. You know, that's fine. But Shams and Woj are the two most reliable sources in basketball. So, you know, Shams yeah. like the second most reliable source. So I think, I think, I, I think that's going to be legit. I would say probably right now there's an 80% chance the Nets get him. And, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts, like, not about how good the Nets will be, but thinking through a Sixers lens, what advantage or disadvantage through our lens does it give us for the Nets signing Blake Griffin? Honestly, like, honestly, it's like, 
I don't know. I just feel like it's like not. I don't. I think it's kind of useless for the Nets to sign him. Like if they want, like they don't really need Blake Griffin. Like let's be honest. Like they really need is a center, and Blake Griffin ain't no Joel Embiid height. He's only like six for eight. Like six for eight, six for nine. He's not that tall, or six nine. Yeah. So he's not that tall, and he's not. And DeAndre Jordan, who's already on their team, is probably a better interior defender than Blake Griffin is. So I don't, I, I just don't see. And they, and plus the Brooklyn Nets already have enough scoring with like James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. But I just, I, I just don't see the move. Like it's a very useless, uh, move for the Nets to me. I would disagree. I don't want Blake Griffin here, but if he goes to Brooklyn, I don't want the Brook the Brooklyn Nets getting their hands on any center at all. I don't want them to get their hands on any center at all because you know, you know what happens because I, what I want to happen is Deandre Jordan fouls out and they have to put Kevin Durant at center and Joel Embiid just feast, right? That's what I want to happen. And I knew it was going to happen where they, where they were going to get a center. Right. So I don't like this move happening from a Sixers fan perspective. It gives them another big and Blake Griffin can move, uh, yeah, but he's not strong. You he can't guard them being. What what it's I'm worried about. Move. Let me tell you my number one worry. Imagine that Blake Griffin motivates himself to become a better basketball player than he was in Detroit. We've seen it happen before, right? You know James Harden the last two weeks in Houston played yeah. horribly because he wanted out. He averaged probably like ten points. Just passing the ball everywhere and he got it. But yeah. This could be the case happening here. Again, I don't want him in Philly because the, the you know the vibes would be ruined, and I, I think Blake and Embiid would crash like a lot, crash a lot. I, I don't think it would work, but in Brooklyn with guys that he seems to like and a championship that seems able to be won, I could see Blake Griffin going back to that first year, second year Pistons form, you know, and uh, being what 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 he was before. So. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but uh... he's just very injury prone as well, which is another uh, concern about Blake Griffin. He gets. I don't think. Yeah, but I honestly don't think the Nets. If if I was a Brooklyn Net, I would do not want Blake Griffin on the Nets. But I just I just think it's a very useless move, and I think Blake Griffin's potential is over. Yeah, I think you can be right about that, but there's something that worries me about the move. There's something from, you know, the, there, there's something that just feel that, that I feel that Blake Griffin's going to be motivated there. He's going to, you know, turn back the clock a little bit, you know, just, because I, I think they're, they're really close to a championship. So I don't think... Well, let's be real. They're going to win this year. The Nets are going to win this year, even if they don't have Blake Griffin. They're going to win I would disagree. either way. I think I... Blake, Blake Griffin gives him another guy. I think that uh, there's, there's, they give, I mean, Blake Griffin gives the Nets a higher chance of winning the championship this year. But I probably disagree. But yeah, yeah I mean, probably. it just worries me a little bit more. I, it's just another guy. Yeah. And and you know they like they like each other there, right? So I, I think it could be like a like a Nets mentality type thing. You know, you know we're all. I think he could put his ego aside going to Brooklyn. Yeah, I could see. 
I can see something happening where he turns back the clock and it's a major media story. And like kind of like how everybody talks about D Rose, no one no one shuts about it up about D Rose. Yeah. You know you know about that D Rose by the way is like not very good. Like D Rose at his best was averaging like twenty five points a game, and like not great defense. Prime D Rose is one of the most overrated players of all time. Would you agree with that? Just that statement. Uh, I think. D. Rose in his prime was one hell of an athlete and one hell of a, ses- a specimen. But I don't think he's... I think he is probably the most overrated player. Overrated. Player exactly. Or overrated. I think what... And then it's Giannis. Then it's Giannis, but I think D. Rose is first. Yeah, but Giannis puts up good stats. D. Rose didn't. Oh, no. D. Rose, he had really good stats. He was like 25 points at his max. Yeah. I just don't want... Giannis, he's, he's overrated. He's athletic and he dunks, and he was a somewhat good scorer. But I think what could have been is a question you could ask, but I think that's unfair because when you ask that question hypothetically, you have to remember that players like that that rely on their athleticism don't have a long shelf life. Yeah, me, then yeah, that's Giannis. give you an example. Blake Griffin, we were just talking about. Speaking yeah. of athletic players, right? And, you know, Blake Griffin had had a longer shelf life than uh, Rose, but still, you know, he's... Blake Griffin's, like, he's 31 years old. I feel like Blake Griffin's, like, 38. Yeah. So, you see what I'm saying? When, like, players like that don't have a long shelf life. So, right, what could have been? Yeah, right, he probably could have been a little bit more than he was. He probably could have had, you know, a few more good years. He probably... Probably, you know, probably, I don't think they would have won a championship, but, you know, they would have been good. But to say that he would have been, like, the best player in the NBA is just outright ridiculous. I mean, he's he's literally a point guard version of Blake Griffin. Kind of. I, I mean, think about it. They're, they're both, like, dunking athletic. Well, I mean, you know, one's a ball handler and one isn't, but I think they're very comparable. I think Derrick Rose was he was good and his team was first place in his conference and that's a big part why he won MVP. That was only one year. Uh first of all LeBron James was in that uh conference. Yeah I mean and the big three of Miami and Boston. I mean well let's I'll just say this. Bam out of bio, okay, right now is literally as good as Prime D Rose. What? No. Think about it. It's to the finals. No, but Bam Adebayo's not the best player on the Heat. Jim, Jimmy Shetler is. I mean, he, he's kind of close. I mean, they're both. I mean, he, he, they're, ve- they're very similar. I think that D-Rose is averaging like 25 points. Not a really great defender. All he could really do is dunk. I mean, D-Rose in his prime, I don't think you can disagree that D-Rose in his prime is just... uh. A decently worse version than Zach Levine. Think about it. Well, in the 2010, at the early 2010s, compared to what it is right now, there were better, honestly, there were better players then than there are right now. Like, it was much, it was still a lot tougher. Better now. Rules. It probably wasn't as tough as, no, it's not, no. They're not as disciplined. They're much better defenders back then. 
there were much better defenders back then than it is what than it is uh, right now. I, I I would disagree with that. I think uh, that Levine is a lot. We're not a lot better, but he's at least better. No, it's not. How? Like, how are there better defenders back then in general? How can you here here? So actually, here. So let's look at average points per game. Average team points per game. Average team points per game NBA. And then so teams score more now. And can I tell you why they score more now? Because it's less defense. No, they shoot the three ball more. In the eighties you don't shoot you, you don't shoot the three ball like that much. So right now so right now the worst offense the Cleveland Cavaliers has 104. The best offense, the Brooklyn Nets, has 121. If we go back to 2010 or 2011, hold on, let's go to 2011 regular season. Okay, you're right. So that that, that what one 104. But I don't know if that necessarily means there's more three point shooting or less defenders. I just think the difference. As, and also, I also go off uh, rules as well as more in those early 2010s. It was a lot more stricter fouls than there is right now. And how would that like? And, and you can't argue with that? How would that? Because there's that? more contact, more contact okay. than there is right now, and it's harder to score. Okay, so D-Rose... At the very least, Zach Levine is equal to D Rose. No. Yes. The the stats. No, because are not look even... at Zach Levine's team. Derrick Rose, they they were the number one seed when he won MVP. Look at Zach. Look at the Chicago Bulls right now. You won. Okay. That 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 that's that's a good argument because you 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 proved to me that 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 he was a better impactful player. Okay. That that that's fair. But so I think right now. D-Rose had a shelf life of one year leading his team to the championship. I don't think my argument right really is I don't think he would have been that good because I don't think he could have been good for that long. Athletic players don't have can't play for that long, right? I and yeah, there's only one on that. There's only one athletic player who can play that long, and it's LeBron James. Yeah, but LeBron James has other stuff. He has a feel for the game. You know what I'm saying? He yeah, has he offense. I mean, I guess most of it's athleticism, but you know, he he's not just athleticism. He's not like Blake Griffin, just athleticism. No, he can also shoot a little bit. He can pass. He can do everything on offense. Yeah. Uh. So now we talked about Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose, who has nothing to do with this, but hopefully he has good luck on the next. Uh. I want to talk about PJ Tucker, and I'm going to go to Sixers hot takes right now to give you the uh, the post he made because I found this very interesting, very intriguing. PJ, pull him up. Here it is. Here's the report. S- several rival executives expect PJ Tucker to eventually end up in Philadelphia, whether in a buyout or trade that would send Houston a second round pick. Per the NBA Central on Twitter. 
Now, this is good news. A second round pick? Oh, yeah. Day, any day. I would send him, I would send a top 10 protected first, but a, a second. Let's do it. Yep. I think PJ Tucker is a very good defender. He can shoot corner threes. Do you know what PJ Tucker is? Do you know what, what PJ Tucker is? Danny Green, but with an IQ of like 200 instead of like zero. Oh, yeah. He could replace Danny Green in the corner. He is literally, he, he's a, He's a corner three shooter, and he's a very hard-nosed defender. Yeah. And, like, he's a very good defender. That's what he's known for. Yeah. Oh, he can – do you know how Danny Green, like, most of his three-point shots are in, like, that corner? I think P.J. Tucker can be a uh, replace him for that. You think you, re- you think you could replace him? Yeah, because P.J. Tucker's, like, yeah. one of the best corner three-point shooters in the NBA by percentage. Yeah. So I, th- I think that would work very well. I mean, a second round pick. Any day of the week. I think, I think PJ, could he start a small forward? No, no, he's too slow. I'm fine I mean, with him at the four. I mean, we're putting Danny Green there. So. I'm fine with him at the four. Like, he's a little undersized, but he's strong. So then we would so bias to the three. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, th- I think either one of those could work, but yeah. Yeah, and probably he'll just be sitting in the corner waiting for a pass from, like, Simmons and B or Tobias. You know, and defensively, he's great. Yeah, could lock up some – could guard some of the bigs. And I, he play. He's, I, I think he's kind of slow, like like Danny, but at the same time, you know – He's strong. He's strong. He can defend inside, so – and then when then beats guarding Giannis, he can guard Brook Lopez. That way, if Simmons can guard like Chris Milton or someone like that, and Simmons doesn't have to guard the center. Well, Embiid would guard the center. No, he's guarding Giannis and Embiid. Oh, yes, that's that's, inter- that's interesting. I would put Simmons on Giannis any day. No, Simmons is a pussy against Giannis. Really? I mean, Simmons is a really good defender. He is just not good against Giannis. Never has been. I think that's the one guy. If you have a regular season game against the Bucks, you put Simmons on Giannis and see if he can improve. Because I think that's the ideal matchup because they're very similar players. So yeah. you put Simmons on Giannis, and then I would love to, but Giannis just bullies him so much. Yeah, I mean, I think Embiid's too slow, but we could try that. Yeah, but he's strong. That's that's good if he's strong. And bigger than him. Yeah, I mean, I think putting Embiid on him wouldn't be the worst thing because Giannis can't shoot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we'll see how that goes. But I think P.J. Tucker could be a very good addition to this team. So, yeah. lastly, and this is your choice if we want to do this or not, but do you want to go through the All-Star draft? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Why not? So, I'm going to have the... I'm going to get the list up. Hold on so I can read it to you. As well as... Uh, I want to get like a pick-by-pick pick list up. Yeah. Probably somewhere. Okay. Do I have it here on ESPN? Okay. Probably here. do. All right, good. So, LeBron had the first pick. And hold on. Let me get the all-star. 
all-star pool not all-star pools hmm. all-star player pool okay so the first pick was Giannis Antetokounmpo uh by Le- by LeBron I and think very I- similar players if I was in LeBron's position right here, I think the pick. I think the pick is Luca. But I honestly think it's Curry. Okay. Well, but you I, got, I think, but you I got think, Curry anyway. I think Giannis is a fine pick, but I think there's yeah. a lot of ways to go with it. But I think Giannis is a fine pick at number one. Yeah, I just think. Yeah, in my opinion. I think Curry could was probably the right choice for number one. Number two overall, Team Kevin Durant. And you can see it pains him to make this pick because he knows he has to or then the media will be all over it. But he picks Kyrie Irving with his first pick. Yeah, too. And then because Kyrie mean, Irving... Um... Exactly. If you, don't, if you don't do that, right, then like, yeah. it's going to be kind of awkward in the locker room. So I think... Yeah, Kevin Durant did not win the pick. Him. That's a bad pick. Especially when you're yeah, down... Kevin Durant... Did not want to pick. Yeah, especially when you're down Kevin Durant. You know what I'm saying? Like when when you're down the captain that's picking. Yeah. You know, it, that it becomes tough. Yeah, that that's a bad pick. That was a really bad pick, but he had to. Yeah. Yeah, no choice. And now after this, LeBron picks Steph Curry. I think this is a good pick. I think you need a guard at this point because you have Giannis who can play center. You know he's he, he's. He can play center if you want him to. So I think you need a guard at this point. And, uh, you know, they never played with Curry. So I think I think that's a very good pick. Yeah, and LeBron was Curry. That that's, looks like a very, very scary duo. Definitely. With the greatest shooter of all time and LeBron James's passing ability. Yeah, again, they're not going to have much time to practice. But we'll see how that ends up. Uh Kevin Durant, number two pick, Joel Embiid. I think he should have gone first, probably, but uh, very good pick, Kevin. Yeah. So I commend him for that. Yeah. And then after that, number three pick by LeBron James is Luca. Very good pick. He cannot even slide that far down. Uh, yeah. Very good pick. Maybe you should pick Kawhi. Yeah, I think that's an option. I think Kawhi is very good as well, but uh, re- really can't go wrong there. No. Number three, Kawhi Leonard swoops uh, yep. up by Kevin. Right pick. Now's a good pick. You know, we haven't beat in Kawhi. Yeah. It'd be nice. Pick number four by Team LeBron, Nikola Jokic. Very good Need pick. That. Needed to match someone with some B. Size. Number four pick by Team Durant, Bradley Beal. Another very good pick. He can score very well. Yeah, and then, and then Jason Tatum. Because also, Jason Tatum as the last guy. He was good. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he, 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 he's still a guy you, you'd, you'd happily take. Yeah. And then after that, to start off the, the round, Damian Lillard, the first reserve, or the – wait, hold on. No, hold on. No, they pay. No, yeah, Durant. Yeah, Durant picks first, right, in the second round. So he gets three picks. picks James first. Harden. So James Harden picks James Harden uh, first in the second round. Uh, very good pick. Even if it wasn't on his team, that would be a very good pick, I think. 
Yeah, probably the best option. He, he's probably... still the best option. Actually, no, because LeBron takes Damian Lillard right there. I think they're very comparable. I would choose Lillard, but I'll he, choose Harden. But it wouldn't really raise an eyebrow either. Yeah, no, no. So, and then after that, you go back to Team Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. I'm gonna say how it is for how he's been performing that this year. That is a bad pick. Yeah, I would agree. You should pick if he wanted a shooting guard. Honestly, you should pick Mitchell or Jalen Brown. Yeah, because Jalen Brown can also defend as well as not only can play offense. I don't know about Jalen Brown, but I think uh, another guy we'll get to later could have been a good option. Yeah. Now I hate to say it, but LeBron makes another bad pick, picking Ben Simmons. Over hey, big Ben, the Rich Paul uh, client, fellow Rich Paul client. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say how it is. I'm not a big Ben Simmons stand. I don't think he's that good. I don't know why he picked him that early. It's pretty stupid, but uh, I guess we'll take it because whose team are you rooting for? Whose team are you rooting for? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm rooting for Team Durant. Because Doc yeah, exactly. Rivers is there yeah. and Joel Embiid's there, so we always root for for Embiid's team. You know, we go where it, we, and Doc Rivers is there, so I yeah, have to root we, for Duran. We we got we got a Embiid and Doc, so I think we we always uh you know root for Embiid. Yeah, sorry Simmons, I still, I still it's Embiid's like team. It, it just is. Yeah. Uh, eighth pick by Durant Zion Williamson. I think that's a fine pick. I don't think it's the best. Yeah, pick. it's a fine. No, but it's good. And then Team LeBron takes Chris Paul. That's a horrible pick, like a really bad pick. I don't – Chris Paul shouldn't even been an all-star. I'm not sure why he picked him seventh overall. I think they're friends, but, you know. Yeah, they are. They're close. Yeah. So I, I don't really love that pick, but, you know, it is what it is. Then Team Kevin Durant, I love this pick so much. I'm so glad he's on the team. Zach Levine. And beat, you better lure him to Philly. That's all I'm saying. You got a job. Yeah, like him and Doc, like they're gonna be up Levine's ass. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get him here in Philly. But yeah. uh, I think that's gonna be that. That's gonna be a really good pick. Yeah. And then after that, Team LeBron takes Jalen Brown. I think that's a fine pick. Uh, yeah, good pick. You know, I don't. I don't think that's really a bad pick. And after that, Team Kevin Durant takes Beyblade, Spinny Man himself, you know, spinning in the post like Pascal, Julius Randle. That's respect. That's a respect pick from Durant. Yeah. I respect that pick. And I love how they're in the draft, and it really shows how the Knicks are such a joke of a franchise. And they're, like, talking about it, and they're like, wow, you know, Thibs has really done a good job, you know, reviving the Knicks. And LeBron's like, yeah, it really has. Durant's like, yeah, it really has. When the top players in the league are looking down on you, like you're not yeah. in the NBA, like you're their little brother or little sister, like they're sympathizing with you, that's how you know you are the joke of the league. Yeah. So, you know, but good, good you know, good for Coach Tibbs. You know, he's done, he has done a good job with the organization to get him back. Yeah respectability and then after that team lebron uh paul george that's an amazing pick he should have got picked yep. uh definitely really like that pick next team durant nikola vucevic uh it's a good pick yeah. yeah i guess and then we have right here this is this is actually really funny 
LeBron goes, I need some height. Okay? Yeah. Rudy Gobert is on the board. 7-3. Ba- no, he's like 7-1. Okay, he, he's, he looks like a, like a giant. So, so Rudy Gobert is like, oh, here we go. You know, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be the last pick. Nope. <laughs> Demontis Sabonis goes to Team LeBron. Uh, hey, the Utah Jazz slander. Yeah, I'm not. I don't even hate Sabonis. I, I, good for him. You know, good, good that. He, I hate Sabonis, but I, he's whatever. a good player. Not, not, a not a jackass. So. He's a bitch like Mitchell and Gobert. And here's another joke after this. So the next pick by Team Durant. So now after this, there's two players left, and they're both for the Jazz. (laughs) Best team in the NBA, and they're the last two picks in the on the playground. You know, for for the for the game attack. (laughs) But uh, it's Donovan Mitchell first for Team Durant and Rudy Gobert, who LeBron doesn't even want because no one wants Rudy Gobert just has to pick up and you know what good for them rudy gobert like donovan mitchell is a bitch rudy gobert no one likes no because he first of all is we call mr coronavirus corona drinking up that beer yeah i i still think mitchell's a bitch but not as big of a bitch as gobert or sabonis nowhere oh i hate sabonis Hey, it's luck. Ugh. The boner. My God. <laughs> this is not a sexual podcast. This is a Sixers no, podcast. <laughs> not a boner podcast. That's his nickname. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, anything else you would like to add before we end the podcast? Uh, go team Duran. You're we better destroy LeBron's team. I hope we do, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think LeBron, Curry, and Giannis are too much, and it's a GGS. What are you looking up? But anyways, but anyways, this is the end of the Sixers Standard Podcast. I am Noah Moselitz with Ethan Koppelman. We'll see you guys in the next episode.